0: Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Father, I ask you today to give me an anointing of clarity Give me an anointing of boldness and give us all that are here and watching around the world an anointing to not be hearers of the word only, but to be doers. And Father, I ask you to release an anointing, to send the Holy Spirit, to send the angels of God around our city of Dallas, around our state of Texas, around our nation, And around the world and draw in people to our ministry that will be bold, that will be fearless, and that will be encouraged to go into all the world and teach the good news that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we will not be ashamed of the name of Jesus of the kingdom of God, are of your word. And all God's people who are in agreement shouted, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to ask you this morning to open your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 12. And I want to take the time this morning to read the entire story Of Exodus chapter 12 of what we call Passover. Today is Passover. Of course Passover is a shadow of what we have in Jesus Christ. So the lessons of Passover are also the lessons of receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now the Bible says, is there not an appointed time? That every year, God has certain appointments with us. And I want you to understand that. If you miss that appointment, you miss whatever good was coming out of that appointment. And so God makes these appointed times. Is there not an appointed time? This is when God says, meet me here at this moment. At this time, because I'm going to do something different right now than I do any other day of the week, any other week of the year, any other time, this is an appointed time. Now, we know that Passover is one of the main appointed times, but I want to say to you that this Passover is special. The Bible says that we need to be wise enough to read the signs of the times. I received an email from Marcus Lamb the other day, and he said, just a couple days ago, he said, I don't know if you saw this. And the email was actually from an Orthodox rabbi. And the rabbi was talking about this equality act or equity act that has already passed, I believe it's passed the House, and it's now in the Senate. And what that act says, this is the United States government, this is those who are in the White House right now. We need to understand what's going on. And what this act says, basically, is that anything, any action, any meetings, any books that teach inequality will become illegal. Now, the reason why this rabbi put this out was he said, we already found out that this is going to affect us. In an orthodox synagogue, in their meetings, they have, because of the acts of purity, they have men on one side and women on the other side. This will be illegal. But he said, what you need to understand is is that the Bible will become illegal because the Bible teaches a man should marry a woman and a woman should marry a man. According to those, and, and if you voted for this, if you voted for these people, you need to repent. I'm not, I'm not saying that to be cruel. I'm saying that to save you. You need to repent. Repent. Because every day they're coming up with something and listen me The goal of these people is to get rid of God from our country Can you imagine our founding fathers sitting in Washington Discussing a bill that will make believing the Bible and teaching the Bible what I'm doing right now will be illegal illegal It will be illegal. We need to understand that Passover is about a group of people who said we will not allow the rule of Pharaoh to guide our lives, but we will obey the living God. The reason Israel became blessed, the Israelites became blessed, and we're going to read the story, is because of two things. One, they stood against Pharaoh, idolatry, and his teaching. The second is, they said, for me and my family, we will obey the word of the living God. What you've got to understand when you read, when we read the story of Passover, just because they called themselves a Jew does not mean they were spared. As we read the scripture, you will see that every firstborn in Egypt, whether it was Egyptians, Gentiles, Jews, or animals, if you did not have the blood, on the doorpost of your house, then you and your family were not spared. We need to, it doesn't matter if you call yourself a Jew, it doesn't matter if you sit in a church somewhere, you need to decide today, I am rejecting Pharaoh, and I am living and obeying the word of God for my family. Amen? Different kind of Passover. Read with me in Exodus chapter 12, the story of Passover, starting with verse 1. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of month. Now, right now, we're in the month of Nisan. The month of Nisan is the month of miracles, but it's also the month of new beginnings. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So what we do today launches us next Sunday, this Friday, this year into the blessings of God. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, all the congregation, saying on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, and according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Now I want you to notice, and I don't have time to teach it. We started with a lamb, and now that you're obeying God, it becomes the lamb. And then it goes from the lamb, verse 5, to your lamb. Now, remember, this is a shadow of Jesus. And to the world, Jesus is the lamb. But when you take him as your Savior, he becomes not a lamb, but the lamb. And from the lamb, he is the lamb of God. He is the only one that we serve. Now he becomes your lamb, and the promises and the power of God become ours. It's going from a knowledge to a religion to a relationship with the living God. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Now we know this is the story of Jesus. Jesus come riding in on a a donkey. They went and they questioned him for four days in Jerusalem and they found no fault. This is exactly what's happening. They could not find a blemish on this lamb. They could not find a blemish on the lamb of God because his name was Jesus. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. Then they shall eat the flesh of that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. We did this last Friday. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water. Now, the reason why they didn't do that is because that's what they did in the temples of idolatry, and we are to break loose of every act of idolatry, every act of false religion. We are to make a stand, and we're not saying, well, it it doesn't matter. I'm going to wear these shoes. I am not wearing any shoe that has to deal with Satan or false gods or idols. I am standing not on human blood. I am standing and walking, and me and my family, on the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Some, Shout, amen. Amen. Do not eat it raw nor boil it all with water, but roast it in the fire, its heads, its legs, and its entrails. And you shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with your belt on your waist. That means while you're eating this Passover lamb, next Sunday. We're going to eat. We're going to take the Lord's supper communion or what they did for Passover. We're going to take that together as a as a family of God next Sunday morning as we worship the resurrection of Jesus. But I want you to understand God says I want you to do this with your belt on. And what that means is I want you to do this understanding we could leave this world at any moment. At any time, this is the reason for the belt being on. This is the reason for the unleavened bread. Don't even let it rise. Get ready to go. And I'm telling you something, folks. We need to get ready to go. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I believe we're close to going. We're closer. You look at the prophecies that are being fulfilled. Read my book, Seven Living Prophecies. It's shouting, get ready to go. But I do believe. That when we go, we're not going home with a moan. We're going out with a shout. We're going out the lender, not the borrower. I'm I'm telling you, when we decide that we're going to serve God and not Pharaoh, this is a Passover that is launching us into the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God. God is going to take those who are standing and obeying the Word of God, and He's going to make you and I an example of His favor, of His blessing, of his protection, of his prosperity and of his amazing grace. This is not a time to be afraid. This is a time to be encouraged. Stand up and let God know that you are a child of the living God and not afraid of Pharaoh or his army. That God that we serve is almighty God and he's a living God and he's a God that is watching over us and bringing the anointing and the blessing and the favor to his Children, once again, Satan, you will not touch us, but God will cause you to pass over us, and the blessing and the power of God will be real. And thus you shall eat it with your belt on your waist, and the sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Now, I want you to know something. We think sometimes that God is just a big sugar daddy, that God is just this big marshmallow in heaven. But God says here... You better put the blood, and I'm telling you something, the consequences of not having the blood on the doorposts of your family and your home and your life in your business, the consequences of not having the blood of lamb is severe, because God said, I'm fed up. I am am sick and tired of Pharaoh doing this to my children. Stand back and watch the mighty hand of God. I'm the one that turned the Nile into blood. I'm the one that brought the frogs, I'm the brum that walked the, brought the lice, but that's nothing, because I'm going to come through, and I am going to destroy the enemy of God, and I'm going to destroy those who are destroying the children of God. Watch out, devil, because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody give God praise in the house. For I will pass through the land of Egypt, and on that night will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. Now, I want you to notice once again, he said, I will strike the firstborn in Egypt. He didn't say the firstborn Gentiles, the firstborn Egyptians. He said, I'm coming through. There is a judgment of God. There is a judgment of God. Called the rapture, but there is a judgment of God that comes right before the rapture, and that judgment is so that every man and woman will know that God is God, that Pharaoh is not God, that the Nile is not God, that the government is not God, that Wall Street is not God. But the world will know by two things one, the judgment of God coming through and destroying the enemy of God, and second, the blessing of of God coming on the children of Israel, so that when the children of Israel make the final steps on the journey to the promised land, we're going out with all the wealth, we're going out with all the silver, we're going out with all the power. God's word promises it. This is but a shadow of things to come. We are in the beginning of that shadow. Get ready. Get ready for the greatest outpouring of God's example that all the world will know that we serve the living God and that our God is the almighty God. Somebody shout amen. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The Lord says, when I see the blood, not just on Sunday morning when I see the blood, but on Monday when you go to work, I see the blood. On Monday when you go to school, I see the blood. When your children are sitting in classrooms teaching things that are ungodly, God needs to see the blood. You need to raise your children up in the ways that they should go I don't care what Nike says I don't care what the Oval Office says I don't care what Hollywood says I don't care what hip hop says I don't care what rock and roll say I care what God says and God says it is up to us to raise our children up in the ways that they should go we need to tell them right is right and wrong is wrong God loves everybody but this is the side of Pharaoh this is the side of the kingdom of God, choose you this day who it is you will serve. And I read the end of the book and those who serve the living God, we are going to see the power of God, the protection of God, the blessing of God, the anointing of God, not someday, but today in Jesus name, somebody give him praise. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout all your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat the unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove the leaven from your houses. For whoever eats the leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel, literally meaning the promises of Abraham. Now what? remember that Passover and Resurrection Sunday and this Friday, Good Friday, these are Moedim's, and God teaches us, That during this time, I want you to go through your house. Your house is your life. Your house is your own person. And he said, I want you to go. Don't You don't have to go in and throw away your bread and your, your hot dog buns and your hamburger buns. God says, I want you to go into your life. And I want you to search yourself every nook and every corner and, and ask yourself, is there something in my life that is unpleasant, pleasant, pleasing to God? Is there something in my life that will cause a little leaven to cause the whole lump to go sour? God is saying to us right now as individuals. Individuals and as the church and as the synagogue, I want you to get rid of the leaven. Because I'm about to bring you a resurrection that doesn't come from leaven. I'm about to bring you a rising up. I'm about to bring you a lifting up. I'm about to bring you an Aliyah that comes from only Almighty God. Get rid of what the world says and let me get in there and raise you up to levels that you've never even dreamed before. This is the day. Somebody shout amen. Seven days you shall eat the unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove the leaven from your houses. Whosoever eats the leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel, the promises of God. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. You shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this same day I will brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. Now in the first month, on the 14th day of that month, At evening you shall eat unleavened bread we did this Friday until the 21st day of the month at evening you know I've been in Israel can I give you something uh, 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 a little advice everybody needs to go to Israel when it opens up we're gonna have another tour you need to go to Israel but don't go during Passover because you won't find a slice of bread anywhere I mean breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You won't find a slice of bread anywhere. You, all you get is matzah for seven days. But the reality of it is, is you can do all the religious acts you want. But unless your heart is right with God. God's not more so concerned about what we eat. God's not con- so concerned about what we put in our body. As what it is that comes out of our life. God wants us to be a godly people. God wants us to be a holy people. God wants us to follow the example of Jesus. They brought Jesus in and they checked him and they could find no blemish because he truly was the Lamb of God. And Jesus said, follow me, be like me. If we want to know what the will of God is for our lives, our families, our country, our nation, our White House, our capital, the world, all we have to do is go to the word of God. I don't care what anybody else says. Let all men be liars. But let God's word be the truth. If you want to be more than a conqueror, you follow the word of God and be like Jesus. For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses. Since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a stranger, a Gentile, or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leaven in all your habitation. You shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts. Isn't it amazing that when they took the blood of the lamb, they made this sign. This is a shadow of Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't care if you come to church. Let me say it this way. Satan doesn't care if you come to church. Satan doesn't care if you have a Bible on your table. Satan doesn't care if you call yourself a Christian, but what you need to do is take the blood of the lamb of God that rose again. That's the difference. It doesn't, people say, well, what difference does it matter? Some, some priest in Europe said uh, last year, he said, why don't we just call God Allah? Because we are not serving the God of Allah. We are serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And out of Jacob, the lineage of David and out of David came Jesus. Jesus Christ, and He is the Lamb of God, and His Lamb, the blood of this Lamb, when we put it on the doorposts of our house, God says, I will stand in front of your home. I will stand in front of your family. I will stand in front of your business. I will stand in front of your church, and I will make the angel of death. He may be all around us. He may be everywhere we go. The angel of death is going through our schools and going through the White House and going through Congress and going through Senate but America and the world if we will rise up and say you know what we're going to put the blood of Jesus back on our homes our families our country God almighty greater is he that's in us than anything that's out there God almighty will make the devil pass over he may hit your neighbor it may hit the one in the front in the back but he will not have power over me and my family so Somebody shout amen. Amen. Then Moses called to the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out and take the lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb and you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood. This is Jesus on the cross that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. Now watch what's coming. And none of you shall go out from the door of his house until morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood, when he sees the blood, how many understand that God is watching us every moment of every day? He who knows to do right and doesn't do it, to him that's sin. You've got to stand up whether you're white or black or brown or male or female. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to cause a race riot in our country. They're trying to divide us. Do you understand that? They're trying to divide us. Derek is my brother. I will go to war with him. I will—his family is my family. My family is his, their family. You're not going to divide us be, by, because you're saying I'm Jewish, and he's white, and he's black, and he's brown. He's male. He's female. We are the children of God. We are a family jointly fit together, and you've got to make a stand, whether that's popular or not. You've got to make a stand and say right is right and wrong is wrong, and I don't care who, who says it. I don't care what's popular— I don't care what's in vogue. We need to be children that stand up for one another. Don't let them divide us look around here. T.D. Jakes one time was preaching for us. T.D. Jakes has preached for us many times up in Portland. And he said, Pastor, on your television program, show your congregation. I said, why? He goes, you got black, you got white, you got brown, you got Asian, you got young, you got old, you got male, you got female. He said, that's a rarity. Well, I want you to know what is a rarity of unity needs to become the calling card of the church of Jesus Christ. We <laughs> (laughs) We need that card of racism passed over us and stand together as children of the living God. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians and when he sees the blood on the lintel and in the doorpost the Lord will pass over the door now look at this next part and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Look at the word you. Do you have your Bible open? Look at the word you. What do you see on that word you? It's italicized. What does it mean when a word in the Bible is italicized? It's not original. It's put there by man trying to make the verse clearer. Listen, look at me, look at me. God says, when I see you, dad, Larry, grandpa, Larry, pastor, Larry, when I see you take the blood of Jesus on your life, on Tiz's life, on Anna's life, on Luke's life, on Katie's life, on Brandon's life, on Jen's life, on Asher and Yehuda and Aviva and lion's life. When I see you put the blood Mom, dad, son, daughter, when I see you put the blood, I will not allow the destroyer to come in and doesn't say strike you. It says I will not allow the destroyer to come in and strike. So when you stand up as a mother and a father and say, you know what? We are going to church. We are living for God. We're No, we're not watching that. I don't care what everybody else is watching. I don't care what everybody else is wearing. You will not do that in this house. God says when I see you put the blood on the doorpost of your house, I will not allow the destroyer to come in and strike Anybody in your home. This Passover is so that God can deliver your husband, your wife. God will deliver your sons and your daughters. God will deliver your grandchildren, your grandsons, and your granddaughters. God will deliver because when you put the blood, you are standing up against Pharaoh and saying, You're coming under the blood of Jesus. When you come under the blood of Jesus, he will fight the devil are you to let your children go somebody needs to hear this stand up right is right wrong is wrong in some areas there are no shades of gray in some areas there is black and right right and wrong in some areas And when it comes to the home and the family and the marriage and the children, I want you to understand that there is a lot of Pharaoh's words going out. But you and I need to be bold enough and understand if we don't put the blood on the door of our family, if we don't claim, listen, when your kids are still at home, if you're living in this house, you're going to church. So well, what if they don't want to come to church? You bring them to church anyway, because God's word will not come back void. Can I give you an example? I didn't know this Friday night. I was just talking, and I was telling this on the great Shabbat, that we've got to make a stand. We can't, we can't embrace because it's in vogue. And I said, men don't marry men, and women don't marry women. I can't remember how I said that. And afterwards, and I said, we don't hate anybody. We love everybody, but love is telling them the truth. And afterwards, my kid said, did you see that gay couple sitting in the audience? And I said, no, I didn't see him. He said, the one guy, every Hebrew question you ask, he knew the answer. And he said, they walked out looking happy. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I I, I believe God is going to touch them, but I know this. They were in church. And God said, my word will not come back without an effect. It's not a word of, of condemnation. It's not a word of be, we're being holier than thou. Oh, we're so much better than everybody. We're saved by grace. Yeah. That's right. But now that I'm saved by grace, I find out there's things that I can do and can do that will bring the blessing and the joy of God. This is love. When you put the blood of Jesus on your home, when you, dad, set the example of coming to church, when you set the example of getting up, I know it's Sunday. I know you're tired, but going to church is more important than watching the game. Going to church is more important than the soccer match. Going to church is more important, not just because I need an audience. I've got an audience that is huge worldwide. You need to be in there. This is why God said forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is and what the devil is doing through the COVID is he's telling a lot of people well just get up on sunday morning and watch it on television and that's great if you're in another country but if you're in dallas you need to get yourself up and get into church and be around the children of god and show your kids we are putting the blood on our family and satan satan cannot trespass over blood-bought property somebody ought to say amen. amen you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for your sons for you and your sons forever i looked up the word forever in hebrew it's amazing it means forever And you will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you. Listen to this. Now understand that this is Israel, or the Egyptian, or the Israelites coming into Israel, but this is you and I through Jesus, our Passover Lamb, the Passover Lamb, coming into the land through Jesus Christ. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you will give you he will he will give you doesn't say he might give you we hope he'll give you he'll give to some of you every one of you that puts the blood on the doorposts of your house where god can see it y'all remember the shows how old i am remember the old commercial lady claire was a, a uh, hair, hair dye. Lady Clairol and, the, and the, 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 the catch line of the commercial was, only your hairdresser will know for sure. <laughs> well, when we're talking about God seeing the blood, if you really have the blood on your family, not only God will see it, your neighbors will see it, the people you work with will see it. The people you go to school with will see it. Not in an obnoxious way, but they will see it. It's amazing how many people, I'm looking at Dave, and Dave hooks me up with the gravel guys and the dirt guys and the pipe guys from my house. And they all come out starting with it. It's a blankly blankly blank, 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 blank. And I say, yeah, I'm Pastor Larry. Oh, for, forgive me. <laughs> and then two months later, blankety, blank. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, so sorry. I don't have to come out, and I go, yeah, no, no, that's all right. Don't worry about it. But you know, they know. I was talking to one guy the other day that was coming out to do some work for me, and he goes, you know, my daughter's going to college now, and boy, she's come back with all these liberal ideas. And I said, you know, uh, when she come, when she leaves college on on vacation, does she come home? He goes, yeah. Well, you need to tell her what your home believes. Because they're in there pumping them. They're in there pumping them full of this stuff. But you need to come and put the blood every time you're with your children. You need to put the blood every time you're talking about. And I'm not talking about in a boring, obnoxious way. I'm talking about an exciting way. Listen, this is about Passover. And God is saying, I want to see the blood. I don't want I I uh, th- you to be a Lady all Christian. I want everybody to know that you, you love everybody, but you're righteous, and you believe in this, and you believe in that. And it doesn't matter if all the white people believe this, or all the black people believe this, or all the Hispanic people believe this, or all the Asian people believe this. What are chi- the children of God? And you know what? When we have the children of God, you know the amazing thing, and I didn't get to teach this this last Friday. You know why they call that the Great Shabbat? The great Sabbath, that's the first time in 2,500 years since creation when God created the Sabbath and made it holy. It's the first time that a whole nation got together and celebrated the sabbath of the lord in saying this is not just a day this is god's holy day and israel partnered with god for the first time and when they came out and got the 10 commandments god said now because of the miracles that i've given you remember the sabbath and keep it holy. Why? Because our God is still the God of miracles. Our God is still the God that heals cancer. Our God is still the God that brings water out of a rock. Our God is still the God that turns governments upside down and says, let my people go. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody give him praise. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you say it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt. And when he struck the Egyptians, he delivered our households. Now I'm going to tell you something. I hope I'm wrong, but America's worst days are ahead of us. At least three and a half more years, maybe two years up to the next House and Senate. But this scripture needs to grab a hold of your spirit, needs to lift you up, make you strong, make you encouraged. Says, why is why are we doing this dad why do we do this they said this in school they said this at, at college they said this on the on the commercials they said this on television why are we doing this because when the when the enemy comes you and I will be standing under the blood of Jesus when you build your life do not build it on the sand that comes from hollywood do not build it on the sand that comes from satan's shoes do not build it on the sand that tries to destroy us re- reading the Bible, build it on the rock. And the rock of God is the Word of God. And in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And that rock is Jesus Christ. And He is to the world the Passover Lamb. He's not a Lamb. He is the Lamb. And my prayers, He becomes your Lamb. Because when He becomes your Lamb, and you put the blood on your doorpost, the devil, no matter what happens in egypt will not touch you and your family somebody shout amen i'm gonna give you a prophetic word i'm gonna give you a prophetic word it's been on me all week and i didn't know where i was supposed to say it i know now there are you that have children and grandchildren that are away from god the miracle power of god when we make a, a stand t- this week and next week, we make a stand and say, we will not serve Pharaoh. You've got to understand what was going on. God spoke to Moses and said, say to the children of Israel, go get me a lamb. That lamb was a deity to the Egyptians. It was a God to the Egyptians. And so all of a sudden, these slaves who didn't have lambs, these slaves who didn't have money to go buy a lamb, all of a sudden they're down in the master's corrals, taking the firstborn who owned the business, taking their lambs. This is the beginning of the end time transfer of wealth. And it begins, somebody shout begins. It begins with the lamb of God. It begins with the Lamb of God. They go down by the tens and tens of thousands. And the firstborn who owned those lambs said, what are you doing with our lambs? And they said, we're taking them to be slaughtered. You're taking our economy to slaughter it? Why? Because God is going to come through Egypt. God is going to come through America. God is going to come through Europe. God is going to come through Central and South America. And he's crying out to us, put the blood of the lamb on you and your family, on your job, on your business. Take the blood and put it on your doorpost. The Bible says that the firstborn could not utter a word of protest. They couldn't say anything. The only thing they could do was go to Pharaoh. They went to Pharaoh and said, listen, this God of the Israelites, he said he would bring blood and the Nile turned to blood and all the water. He said he'd bring lice. Eternally. And I told you a Friday, this took 10 months. Yeah. This didn't happen in 10 days. It took 10 months. And they came and said, everything listen to this. Everything God said he would do, he did it. You need to let him go. And the Bible says, Pharaoh, once again, for the 10th time, said no. But he comes to the Jews, he comes to his children, and he says, take the blood of a lamb, put it on the doorpost of your house. Because I'm coming through. God will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Think about this. Here's the Israelites, here's Pharaoh. God is saying to all of us during the time that we celebrate Passover and we celebrate the Passover Lamb, who is Jesus Christ choose ye this day whom you will serve. Make a decision. We're either going to go along with Pharaoh, or we're going to stand firmly on the blood of the Lamb. God says to us, and we miss this. He says to us, I place before you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. I place before you life and death. Blessings or curses. Then he makes it real clear. Choose life. Choose life. That is a prophetic word that God is saying to the world right now. And we have so many wonderful, wonderful partners with us in Australia and all through Europe and Central and South America and Canada and all across the United States. God is saying for you and your family, choose life. Oh, it may not be comfortable. Wasn't comfortable when they went down. Can you imagine they're obeying God? God said, go get me a lamb. They're slaves. These guys could kill them any moment they wanted to. But they went and obeyed God. What are you doing? I'm taking a lamb. You're taking our lamb, I'm taking your lamb. This is one of our gods. What are you going to do with it? He said, We're going to kill it. We're going to receive the sacrifice of the lamb so that me and my family can live. That's the word of God for us today. That's a word of God for the world. Doesn't matter what country you live in, what city we live in, what state you live in, you decide individually in this church, we're going to stand for the blood of the lamb. We're going to stand for the word of God. We're going to stand on that rock because I'm telling you the storm will hit. And if you place your life on the sand, you're going to be washed away with everybody else. But if you place it on the lamb of the living God, he'll stand in front of your home in impossible situations and make the angel of death pass over you. Now, Let me close with this. And I I didn't even get into the main part of the teaching. There are three blessings that come on Passover. Now these blessings are available to us every moment of every day. But on the appointed times of God, these blessings are exploded. The window of heaven right now is open right now the window of heaven doesn't hover over us three times a year we know malachi and by the way coincidentally this week the half Torah portion is malachi now we think of malachi as the only part most pastors preach on malachi is remember your tithes and your offerings but you know what malachi is really all about Malachi is about the coming of the Messiah. That's what Malachi is about. When God says, return unto me and I'll return unto you, you know the teaching. They just came out of Babylonian captivity. God says, return unto me and I'll return unto you. I have 12 minutes. Turn to Malachi 3. I got to show you. I I, got to show you at least part of this revelation. Remember in the book of Genesis when God says he placed them out of the garden and he removed them from the garden, remember that? And the question is, why did God say it twice? He put them out and he placed them out. Why does God, isn't that the same thing? In rabbinical study, whenever you see or hear of something that's twice, what does it mean? There's a secret, okay? Malachi, and I don't have time to teach it today, Malachi 3 is about the first coming of the Messiah but it's also about the second coming because if you look at Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 it says behold I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple now Most we've been taught that messenger is John the Baptist. And that's true in the first coming of Jesus. But if you read rabbinical scholars, they will say Malachi is really a word to the Gentiles. Because in Jesus' first coming, when John came to prepare the way of the Lord, there was no sudden coming of Jesus. Mary was met by an angel she was pregnant nine months jesus was born he grew up he went in the temple at 12 years old he grew up he etc etc He was a 33 year nothing sudden but in the second coming of jesus he'll come as a thief in the night he'll come as a twinkling of the eye now without getting in too much malachi was written coming out of babylonian captivity When they came out of Babylonian captivity, they prayed. It's called the Great Assembly in Jerusalem. And they prayed. They said, God, how do we keep the enemy from destroying us? They just came out of Babylon. The reason why, now look at me. The reason why they were captured by their enemy is because they quit keeping Shemitah. Shemitah is the teaching that you've got to trust me. So every six year, you're not to plant seeds. You're not to harvest a harvest. You're to trust me that I will bring you in a triple harvest, a triple harvest. The six year harvest, enough left over for a seventh year harvest in your, in your bank, in your barns, and enough to take you into the eighth year, a new beginning when you start all over again. Are you following me? So the reason why Israel went into captivity is they said, you know what? We're doing so well. We're not going to, we're not going to worry about what God says. And they planted on the sixth year, seventh year and eighth year. And every year they didn't keep Shemitah. Every year they didn't keep Shemitah. They went into 70 years. They went into a year of captivity, 70 years. But when you read Malachi, they're meeting and they say, "God, how do we keep? How do we keep from the enemy destroying us?" Now, listen to what I'm telling you. Let, let me show you something here. Look at verse um, nine minutes. Look at verse. I've written it so much I can't. Look at verse four. The the Torah portion for to, the Torah portion for today actually begins in verse four. Look, look it up above. Purge them as silver and gold that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness that the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old and in the former years. Now remember, whenever you see something twice, God's not being redundant, there's a secret. Can I tell you the secret? God says in Judah, an offering of Judah, which means all the Jewish people, excuse me, In Jerusalem which means all the Jewish people and Judah which means everybody else you bring an offering of those who are Jews and everybody else and then it says you bring an offering as in the days of old as in the days of old and former years isn't days of old and former years the same thing God's about to reveal a secret Israel God gave Israel a word in Malachi because they weren't keeping Shemitah. Got it? They didn't keep Shemitah. So here they are praying, and they said, God, what do we need to do? And he said, return to me, and I return to you. They said, how do we return? Now watch this. God says what? Tithes and offerings. He doesn't even mention Shemitah. Let me say it again. The reason why God allowed the enemy to take them is because they said, we don't need God anymore, and they didn't keep Shemitah. The sixth year. We're in Shemitah right now. As of last month, we have begun Shemitah. But when God says, return unto me, why didn't he mention Shemitah? Because the only place you keep Shemitah is in the land of Israel. But the tithes and the offerings are for everybody. Not just Jerusalem, but Judea and all the region around. So this is, according to rabbinical revelation, this is more for the Gentile than it is for the Jew. Now, in Malachi, the Jew did return. We see Jesus at the temple. We see Jesus on Passover, right? We see Jesus on Shavuot, Pentecost. We see Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles. And they returned, Malachi is the last prophet to ever speak. He's the last prophet to ever speak, right? The last words that the last prophet spoke were this I will send Elijah. Friday night we did the Seder, and the last cup you drink is the fifth cup, or you don't drink, is the fifth cup. And it's the cup of Elijah. And you send your kids to the door and say, do you see Elijah coming? Why Elijah? Malachi 3. Because Elijah will come and he will prepare the world for the coming of the Messiah. Now watch this. So he said, I will send. Return to me and I'll return to you. How? In your tithes and offerings. Three times a year you come before the Lord and you won't come empty handed. Not Shemitah. To those outside of Israel. And I will open up the windows of heaven and rebuke the devourer. I will stand in front of your family and I will make the angel of destruction pass over you. Then the last thing the last prophet said was this. I will return the hearts of the children to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children. Now everything God has has a greater and a lesser. And we believe that in the last days, Dads and sons will reconcile. But it's much deeper than that. Remember, we're talking about the coming of the Messiah. That when God sees the Gentiles understanding the blood of the Lamb, understanding that it begins for this whole year, right now today, it begins the open window of heaven. What did God say? He said, I'll send Elijah. And if you read it in Hebrew, it says it this way. I will send Elijah, and he will go to the children. The children are the Gentiles. Remember, we're grafted into them, Father Abraham. Listen to this. He will go to the Gentiles, and he will give them revelation that will touch the hearts of Jews, and the Jews will say, we need to come back to the things of God. Isn't that what Paul said? He said, I will provoke them to jealousy. Why are you doing this? Rabbi Rabbi Schneerson said, right before the Messiah comes, he said, the Messiah is ready to come. Said this in the 90s. The Messiah is ready to come, and I believe it. But he said, one thing has to happen. He's speaking to Orthodox Jews. He said, God will move amongst the Gentiles. He'll handpick Gentiles that'll want to hear this. They'll want to hear it. And he said, they will begin to understand Passover, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and at first the Jews will go why are you doing this we've been teaching this for 25 years and at first the Jews are going why are you doing this now I get to hang out with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and he said at first the Jews will say why are you doing this but he said then this is today this is for you today then the blessing of God on your life, your businesses, everything you put everything you put your hands to, God will cause you to prosper. God will bless you so much that it will get, listen to this for today, it will get the Gentiles' attention, and it will get the Jews' attention, and together we will come. This is what Malachi is talking about. In these last days amongst the Gentiles, God will send messengers— And bring them back to this. Now watch this. Watch this. And he said, Elijah will come to the children and say, In grace and love and kindness, show your Jewish friends what you've learned. And then the hearts of the fathers will get excited about the things of God. And they will come to the children and say, let me show you some deeper things that we know about the torah you know i was studying this for for the great shabbat on friday and i read a revelation and i go i'm going to text rabbi lapin and i text rabbi lapin and he goes hey this is what yeah you're right you're right that's exactly what this means this means this means and we need to pray for rabbi rabbi has covid right now so we need to pray for him and i thought when i hung up I, when i got off the phone i thought this is it the fathers are now not saying, this is only ours. Yeah. As we feed into them, they're feeding into us. Yeah. God is opening the windows of heaven and going to pour out such a blessing. Amen. Can I have an amen? Yeah. This is amazing time. Now, during this time right now, we're going to receive our first food offering. And normally I'd have you come in and bring it through the hoopah, But for the sake of time and just for safety so everybody feels comfortable. Uh, We're just going to have the ushers pass the plates. Now, I'm going to ask you, we've got uh, two minutes to go. This will take about five minutes. I'm going to ask you, if you can, to stay. And they're going to bring the offering up to me. And I will, on your behalf, on all of our behalf, and those that are giving by stream, I will walk it through the promises of God. And I'm declaring that starting today, starting today, you and I enter into a new beginning amen. of all of God's promises. Can I have an amen? amen. Now, if you have to go, then, then please don't, don't feel obligated. We, we understand. But if you would stand with us all over the building, the ushers are going to pass. We're going to sing. We're going to worship God. They're going to bring it to me, and together I will walk it through you. Look at me. Look at me. This is not a ritual. This is a time of revelation. And we, watch, listen, look at me, look at me. It's just so strong on me. How many of you have children or grandchildren that need the Lord? Need a retouch of the Lord? It's going to happen. As we're getting ready, there are three miracles that are released on Passover. The one is divine protection, obviously. The second one, look at me, divine transfer of wealth. Israel in a moment went from slaves to owning all the gold and the silver. The Bible says they plundered the Egyptians. But here's the one I really want to give you. In fact, I was telling the guys in the back, I started studying the third, the first blessing, the third one I'll mention to you is grace of God. And I started studying the grace of God and I told the guys in the back, I'm probably going to do a whole series on it. Because when I started studying the grace of God, I thought I understood the grace of God. It is awesome. The grace, grace means not a reward for something you've done. That's all grace is. Look at me, look at me. Grace is undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor from a supernatural God. And I want to give you this as, as we're, we're doing the first route, I was thinking, what is, what, is, what is a great example of the grace of God? And I want to give this to you because I really feel there's something special getting ready to happen for your children and your grandchildren. Back when Tiz and I were pastoring our first church, the grace of God, obviously we could talk about the grace of God on Lion, the grace of God on Tiz, the grace of God on so many testimonies here. But I want to give you this because I want you to walk out and realize when you, put the, when you bring this offering and put the blood of Jesus on your family, there is this grace released to you and your children. To you and your children. When Tiz and I were pastoring our first church in Santa Fe, New Mexico, we had a prison ministry. And we'd go into the Santa Fe prison. Santa Fe prison, is, they, that's where they had the big riot, biggest riot in prison history. We, we were there at that time. But there was a guy that got saved out of our ministry, and he's a great big guy. He's like six foot six, and he was the prison heavyweight weightlifting champion. I mean, this guy had, you know, looked a lot like me. Hey, my chest is just as big now as it was in college, it just dropped 18 inches. This guy was huge. And I mean to tell you, when he spoke, people listened. And he's serving God. He's in for life. There's no getting out. Life, no parole. He's in for life. And we would sit with him, and his name was Arizona. He was from Georgia. I don't know why they called him Arizona. And he's in for life. His mom and dad were pastors. There's somebody watching right now. And this, is for every, this, this story is for every, everybody's children and grandchildren. But if somebody watching right now, you're pastors and your child is away from God. There's a miracle coming. There's a miracle coming. There's a Passover power of his resurrection miracle coming. So he's in for life. He's not getting out. And we would sit with him. And these guys were honest with us. You know, everybody in prison, n- nobody did it. But he really didn't do it. And he'd sit with us. He said, you know, I I, I accept it. He said, I've done other things. I've done things. But I mean, this guy, and he was serving God for about a year with us. We came in one day for a Bible study, me and some of the guys in the church, we came in and he comes running up. He goes, pastor, I'm going home. And I said, you're going home. What do you mean you're going home? He goes, now remember today, is a window of amazing grace undeserved favor from god he said i just got a call yesterday from my lawyer in phoenix now he's already been in jail for five or six years seven years something like that but he gave his life to the lord called his mom and dad said oh, i'm serving god i'm with pastor larry and he said i got a call from my lawyer they got a call from the sheriff's department in Phoenix. A guy walked in six, five, six, seven years later and said, I can't live with myself. I want to turn myself in. I'm the one that did this murder. And he got free. And who the sun sets free shall be free indeed. And I told him, I said, don't make God get your attention again. He goes, I'm going down. I haven't heard from him in years. We used to hear from him and he was serving God with his mom and dad in their little church in Georgia, Georgia, Mississippi, I can't remember anymore. But I share that with you to say that today there's grace being released on every area of our lives, but on your children. Maybe you've gone through COVID, you've gone through financial difficulties and financial challenges. In a moment of time, they went from slaves to the people begging them, begging them, Take our silver, take our gold, take our herds, take our flocks, take everything. This was the first redemption, and it was the first end time transfer of wealth. And He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Do we have this? Lift here. Let me have my to lead. I'm. Excuse me for. I want to be as close to. The priesthood, as I can on this. Lift your hands this way, if you would. We're going to take your offering, and when we receive this offering, you're getting a divorce from 2020. We're getting a divorce from generational curses. And we are entering through the power of his resurrection. We are entering into a new beginning. Amen? Amen. And what a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. Give the Lord a Passover offering. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and we give you glory. God love you.